Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Docs, welcome to another episode. I've got a good interview here. I'm excited about it. Um, I've got Carolyn Bolt from Crossfields, and we're actually going to dive into the psychology of a a good office space. And I'm actually in the middle of, and you'll hear a little bit about that in this interview, but I'm in the middle of renovating my office or we, we'll give it a makeover. You know, we're not changing the layout and, and, and structural design and knocking down walls, but uh, you know, we've been in this space for nine years and it's time for a little bit of a facelift. And so we're going to give you a little bit about my story on that as well, but we're going to really dive into the psychology from a patient perspective and also the doctor's perspective of when you're in a really nice office, right? It doesn't have to be a Taj Mahal, but when you're, you do invest in your office and it, and it does have an ROI and we're going to discuss that uh, in depth today with another great interview The we had Carolyn on last year and we talked a lot about the ROI of your space. Like there's an actual ROI of flow. And, you know, I talked to a lot of chiropractors where Frankly, their biggest hindrance of growth is the office space they're in or the design. And so listen to that episode that we had last year. Uh, this one's going to be more about the psychology of it. Uh, if you'd like to check out more information, you can go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie, and you can get all kinds of information there. Uh, before we dive into this interview, I wanted to make mention of a little marketing contest we're having, which I'm excited about. We're actually going to give away a free yearly subscription to RRS Education. Um, I subscribe to that for my practice. We have a handful of continuing ed clinical type of education attached to our practice to make sure our doctors are always keeping up with the latest in research and, and technique. And RRS is a, a big aspect for that, uh, for our practice. And so we're going to actually give away a year subscription. And all you have to do is email me, Kevin at moderndeskjockey.com. Um, I want you to just email your best uh, and most successful marketing campaign or strategy, something you've done in your practice and, and are doing that's really working. Uh, my ultimate goal in this is not to just give away uh, one um, subscription. That's definitely, uh, we're going to do a, a vote on which idea is the best in the group. But my goal is to actually drum up some really good ideas from you, from our audience. A lot of you have great ideas, and I'd love for us to be able to post that in our Facebook group, uh, the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group, and you'd be able to see what those ideas are and maybe start to implement some of those. So that's the ultimate goal in this is to really come up with some great ideas. And then whoever does get voted as the best idea will win the free year subscription of RRS education. So just email me that, uh, Kevin at moderndeskjockey.com. And I'd really appreciate your efforts in this. All right. Here is my interview with Carolyn Bolt. All right. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. I really appreciate your time. This is the second time you've been on our podcast and you've also contributed to some of our virtual summits. So I, I thank you for that. And uh, I know on our first uh, episode of the podcast and in some of the virtual summits, we've talked a lot about office space and the ROI of it and things of that nature. And today we're going to have a little bit of a different twist, but we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on those things as well, but we're going to really dive into kind of the psychology of um, a nice office, of having like a, a really nice standout office and what that does 
not only for your own psychology, but for the, the patients as well. And so welcome to today's show and we'll, we'll dive into some good information. It's great to be, it's great to be here, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm in this process now where, and I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to kind of give a story and, and, and then we'll, we'll piggyback off that. Um, uh, I bought my office space in 2013. And so one of the things I know you and I will talk about is the difference between owning your space and, and renting, and then even the terms of your rent on, on what you would do potentially. Um, but uh, that was 2013. And, and a couple things have changed since 2013. It's, it's 2022 now. And um, one is the design taste has changed. Uh, and I recognize that, uh, you know, color schemes and artwork and decor and furniture and just those things have kind of changed every uh, every so often. And then second is, is uh, we're starting to get a little worn in our look and things are starting to wear out and, and, and you can start to see it. Uh, I would say we still have a very nice office, but it's that time we're nine years into this now. And so I'm going to be, be renovating this office. And so uh, I want you to just touch base a little bit on how often does the uh, design um kind of go in and out of style, would you say? Well, in the in the interior design and architecture world, it is known that every seven to 10 years, color schemes, finishes, ideas, design dates, every mm-hmm. seven to 10 years. And that follows a pattern of fashion. Mm-hmm. So um, fashion tends to date a little bit faster and quicker than finishes and art and things of that sort. But every mm-hmm. seven to 10 years, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we moved into a, a new house. Well, I shouldn't say a new house. It was new to us. Um, and, and it was in 2020. Um, and the kitchen was completely remodeled in 2012. And it's a nice kitchen. Like it's got really good upgraded stuff, but it's a 2012 kitchen. And, <laughs> and then as my wife was saying, it's like, it's, you know, 2022, a more open concept is more in and, and all these different things. Right. And so, um, it's, it's no different than in, in the office space. Um, no different, and, no different. And it, and it sounds, and it seems like, you know, some of the people I talk to as well, every seven to 10 years, you got to start looking at the potential that your office is starting to look worn as well. Right. 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 And some of that depends on the quality you bought to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, we or, the vol- or the volume of patients you have coming in too, or right? Or the you- volume of patients you have coming in. <laughs> now, if you, ha- if you buy really high quality and have a really high volume, mm-hmm. one of the things that's hard is to get rid of things that you paid a lot of money for and they haven't worn out, but they dated. Yeah. So that's another thing you, you're challenged with. And you make that decision when you go into it mm-hmm. of how long you're willing to... Um, you know, pay for that item. Yeah. And I remember the person I consulted with was just like a local person at, um, I don't even know where she's at anymore, but this was back. I remember 2013, one of the things she highly recommended, which was worthwhile was I went through a, a furniture company that specializes in offices and, and it wasn't cheap, but the patient furniture that we got is actually still in really good shape. Right. It's, it's really made well. And I, I remember her saying that as like, look, this is going to be very uh, high use stuff here and you don't want uh, to have to replace it every three or four years. Um, and then interestingly enough with my um, office furniture for my, uh, my employees, 
um, that is really taking a toll because it's just massive use. Like we've got these, we had these nice architect chairs for our stand up front desk. Those things are beat to heck because of the use. Um, the backs of our chairs are starting to break from, you know, employees using it so much. So we got to replace some of that. And hey, did you the, buy those from the commercial furniture dealer? Also, I, I did, but I, I skimped a little bit on because okay. <clears throat> every place has different qualities and yes uh, i didn't yes. skimp on the stuff the patients use but i did on the other stuff so I, I saw the the difference for sure well that's good to say because you're right commercial there's there's lower levels and lower quality levels of commercial furniture yep. and to higher level quality smart commercial furniture also so mm -hmm. yeah so you have that balance between you're gonna you need to get the office functioning yep you have a budget where are you going to spend the budget? What we tell our students is buy the best looking things you can get and budget to replace it in a year or so because mm -hmm. you're going to buy it the lowest quality, mm -hmm. highest look, like so, something that you buy from a from you know an office, not an office place, but more residential. Residential furniture won't last as long in a commercial space. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is a big difference. And that's a lot of things. You know, one of the big differences between commercial and residential is just the amount of use typically. Exactly. And, and there is a difference. So you definitely want to make sure that that's the case. Uh, and then uh, touch on it a little bit more because, I, you know, I want to come at this uh, episode today and we may throw around a little bit of numbers. I'll, I'll be, you know, candid with what I'm going to spend and do and how I'm doing it. But we understand that not everybody is going to be able to do that out of the gates. And so um, if someone is just getting started on, on, a, on a tight budget, um, what are your, some of your recommendations for them with that? On a, getting started on a tight budget? Yeah. Like, is there some things that they should like, oh, look, don't skimp here, but maybe you can over here. Like some of that type of stuff that you work with people on. Well, don't skimp on the way things look is what I say, um, because when you're getting started, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to spend 50 to $100 on a really good looking chair, and it looks really good, do that, even though you're going to have to replace it in mm -hmm. a couple of years, you're going to have to replace it, budget yourself to replace it, but you're going to be making more money, then yep. you're going to have more, more emphasis there. Mm -hmm. But we see, um, I just hate it. We see these beautiful offices that we'll design and then the chiropractor say, hey, look, I bought this deal at chairbiz.com and it's a commercial chair, but it looks like it was made in the 80s. Mm -hmm. They still sell those things and you can, they won't wear out mm -hmm. and they aren't very expensive, mm -hmm. but they date the whole space. I, yeah. I, have, I have pictures of offices I won't put on our website because the furniture has been dated, you know, yeah. before they even started. So it's just those little things that you um, can make can, the whole environment of the space is going to impact the way people think and expect of you. Yep. And you want quality and you want things to not be worn out, but you don't want to walk in and feel like you're already behind. Yep. The point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been hammering a lot on, on two things uh, over the last six months or so. And, and one is the patient experience. And I started hammering on that even more because I interviewed uh, Joey Coleman of oh, never, yes. lose, never lose a customer again. And it just, it was very good. I uh, loved the interview. Uh, his book is great. So we've been really working through that. And obviously the, the clinical care is table stakes. Like you got to be good at that. And that's going to be 
the most important thing. But let's put that aside for now. Um, we really got to make sure that, you know, not only is your team friendly, but when they go in, they're like, wow, this is a really nice office. This is a great, pla- great place to be because we've all been to doctor's offices where it's just, it looks like the 1990s. It looks terrible. Like I think about my primary care doctor. It's in the building that I'm, that my office is in great doctor there. I walk in and it's just, I mean, they got, you know, stuff on the wall. That's like, you know, just the, the loose leaf paper with, you know, you, they printed from their computer <laughs> that has a sign. It's like, they could like, it's just brutal how bad it is. It hasn't been updated in probably 20 years and it's disgusting, you know? And so it, yeah. it does matter to have a, a nice office. And so I've been hammering and we'll talk, we'll dive into that more. Um, I've been hammering on that, the customer experience or the patient experience. And then two is, is capital expenditure into your business or into yourself and and being able to uh, reinvest into your business. It it can be some of the best ROI that you have, you know, like we, we kind of in our minds sometimes think like the job guy, like the person that sits uh, you know, that works and, and gets paid a salary and they have no control over their income levels or growing a business. They have to, if they were given $50,000, most likely, like if they were going to invest it, it's just got to be in the stock market or like a 401k. Like that's really their only option for them to invest money that has an ROI. Whereas a small business owner, you can, and I'm not saying that's not a great option. That's an option for sure, but you can choose to invest that into your practice and it will spit out money as an ROI. And so I'm going to kind of close up this quick or this long preamble, but um, part of what I'm doing is since I own my space, I'm, uh, I'm actually refinancing it. Uh, I'm getting going from like a 5.3 APR down to a 4.2, which is great but I'm going to take out 50,000 in, um, of equity to, to spend on, on doing this. Yeah. I could have taken the $50,000 or even more and spent it on something else or put it in the stock market or, or, or whatever. But I feel like the best use of that money that's going to have an ROI is actually investing in the look and renovating my office. Um, can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Well, I, what we tell our um, chiropractors and doctors <clears throat> is start to look at how much the value each patient is to you. Mm-hmm. And if you could increase those patients, what percentage would make sense to you mm-hmm. to look at increasing those patients? Because that's what you need to think of when you think of mm-hmm. your office space. Yeah. Um, it's not extremely documented. I wish I could have exact numbers, but mm-hmm. it's somewhere between 10 and 20% increase when you change your office space mm-hmm. on how easy it is to sign up new clients. Yeah. It's amazing because the clients have, okay. So understand that there is a psychology of space mm-hmm. and that psychology of space is very well documented by people that do retail and hospitality, yep. retail design and hospitality design, both create spaces that encourage whatever activity that they're trying to accomplish in that Mm -hmm. space. Retail is they're trying to accomplish purchases and hospitality is they're trying to accomplish a sense of people coming there, staying longer, increases purchases, Mm -hmm. coming back and they create community. 
So in that sense, retail and hospitality design are easy ways to think of where do you want to go shop? Where do you want to go hang out? Where do you want to go do those things? And you do those things because that environment has been created to draw you and who you are as the ideal customer into that space. That's what you're doing when you're designing your space. You have that same ability to do that or you can ignore it and not take advantage of it. So it's kind of like you've done this wonderful, beautiful website and then you forget that this is part of your marketing package mm-hmm. is your yeah. office space. It's huge. You know, I mentioned to you pre pre-recording, you know, my, my wife was a visual director at Saks Fifth Avenue prior mm-hmm. to having our first child and such. And, and so uh, that's what she was in charge of a lot was a lot of that visual design. Like what are they trying to get their, you know, the people that go into Saks do spend a lot of money, right? Yeah. Like that's what yeah. Saks is known for. <laughs> exactly. I used to joke around with her, you know, it's like, oh, I can get you a pair of jeans, you know, I get a double discount, uh, you know, it'll be 30% off. It's like, yeah, it's still 70% on $350. <laughs> right? so, so, but there's a whole psychology of design and everything that she uh, was trained to do or had to do at a Saks Fifth Avenue exactly. um, to a accomplish um, that type of atmosphere to where people are wanting to spend money. So what I want to tell you, we we use this when we teach classes is that when you walk into a Walmart, Mm -hmm. now I I want you to understand something. Walmart is very purposely designed the way that it is. Mm -hmm. It's bright, bright lights. It's no fancy floors, lots of signs, Mm -hmm. lots of information. But what do you expect? You're expecting low prices. You're not expecting high service. You're expecting to get a deal, right? So they design their space to support their whole purpose, their whole Mm -hmm. message. Very much so. I have no qualms of Walmart. They make a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. they have done that on purpose. The same thing, you go all the way over to like a Saks Fifth Avenue or a high-end designer store you're not going to see any prices anywhere. It's yep. going to be hard to even see the price. You're going to have to ask somebody. You're going to have to get service. They yep. want to give service because that's what that's what their clientele expect is that real hands-on. Yep. And so as a chiropractor, as a doctor, you just need to decide where do you want to be mm-hmm. in that spectrum? And how can you support that? Not only with the people behind your front desk, which is your very important first impression, yep. but it's also the environment around mm-hmm. it. And all of those things. So no, I it's go on for hours. Like I know this. <laughs> it's great, you know, and it's interesting because I kind of stumbled upon that back when I, you know, I when I uh, left the gym setting, I was renting a gym or whatever, and then I ended up in an orthopedic office that was really nice, mm. um, and I just was renting a room out of there. But I saw the difference of like my patients started to come in. And like, wow, this is a nice office, you know? And then when, uh, fast forward a few years after that, I, I bought my own space and did it. I was like, I need to make this nice. And, and I'm in an affluent area. And, and I knew that if I wanted to attract the right type of patients that are, you know, um, doing big things and aren't price shopping, right. Um, I needed to have a certain level of office and the, uh, you know, when I, I remember I spent a good amount of money, not on, on the, on build out, but also on furniture, fixtures and equipment, um, 
but doing it the right way. I remember people coming in and there was a wow factor to it. And, and I've been able to attract um, the, the high level folks that aren't price shopping. And then when I went out of network with all the insurances, it hasn't been as big of a deal. And so now I know I got to keep up with that um, and make sure that my office looks good. Now, I will say, I remember back in 2013, I instructed uh, the person that did some of the design for me. Um, she, I, I think I might've told you the story, but we had an office space inside of ADT security and okay. she worked for them. She was a patient of mine and she worked for them doing the design. And so she just would do some random one-offs for me. Right. And I remember saying to her, I was like, look, I don't want this to look like a palace either because as a chiropractor, um, I didn't want people to think, you know, like, oh, wow, like marble everywhere and all this different stuff. I, like, not that you can't get too nice, but it's like the patients don't want to see your Ferrari in the parking lot either sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I said, I was like, I want, I want really nice, but I don't want over the top, like gaudy type of thing. And so that was part of the psychology I was thinking of at, at the time as well. All right, Docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google uh, without buying ads and darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Well, I, I think that what you were saying is that you need to, your image needs mm -hmm. to blend with the price point on the services that you're offering. Yes. So, um, let me use an example. Mm -hmm. I've done some work for people that do functional neurology yep. to high celebrities. Mm -hmm. You know, that if their concussion is going to cost them millions of dollars, they're going to, mm -hmm. and, and they're very severe. Yep. Their office needs to look like somebody that would be paying a million dollars. Absolutely. It just yep. needs to, mm -hmm. you know, it, it can't look any, if you, if they walk in and it doesn't look that way, yep. they are not going to have the expectancy and the confidence in that doctor yep. that yep. they're expecting. We were talking um, before we started, it's like putting on the suit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're going out to a nice dinner. You're going out to the, a nice show. Yep. You're going to dress differently. You're going to act and it's going to change your whole perspective mm -hmm. and your whole aura. So you want to find that happy place that's going to your, cl your clothing, your front desk, your atmosphere, everything that they touch all emulates who you are in your brand and what you're trying to speak to. Yeah. So if you are a super, I'm just going to speak this, if you're a super, super high volume kind of doctor mm -hmm. that wants to get lots of patients in there and stuff, you can't be too high priced because yeah. they're not going to, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be conducive to them 
to go there. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Cause you know, we're like more sports chiropractic and exactly. so we, we're going to have people doing a lot of athletic type stuff. It, it couldn't be like a palace, right? Like it's people are going to come in there and, and they're doing physical stuff. So it needed to be, cause like we have an open rehab area with rubberized flooring for that type of stuff. Cause we got weights dropping. And so there's going to be this mix of like, okay, people are coming here to do work, but it's gotta be nice. Exactly. Uh, but it can't be, you know, marble floors either and dropping weights on it. So that was kind of why, like, you're right. Like we had to match it with who our clientele was. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. and I've kind of thought about like, what are the professions where some of these offices can be very nice. And I'll, I, I, just from my experience, I go to this dermatologist, beautiful office and I love it. It's like, this is the dermatologist I want to go to my dentist. They just, they're in my building. They did a full, huge insane build out. It is amazing looking. And I love going in there because I got they're going in my mouth, my teeth. Like I want cleanliness. Like it just looks nice. I, I'm, you know, if someone's going to a plastic surgeon probably needs to be a really nice office, right? Um, a neurosurgeon probably needs to be a, a really nice office. Like there's, there's, there's certain types of clientele or professions where it makes sense. Um, but I think there's a point of no return depending on what your clientele is. You said it exactly. And we've done plenty of offices that are look like a gym mm -hmm. because that is their, their 100% clientele are sports. Yep. And a lot of their, a lot of the people they're working with are coming right off the practice field. Mm -hmm. You know, they're already in their sports attire, et cetera. Yep. Yep. So if you need to make them feel comfortable, you know, who are you, who's your patients and how are you going to make them feel comfortable? A perfect example is pediatric. Mm -hmm. You got to make that pediatric place feel comfortable for the mom yeah. and the children and the children so that that the sense. mother is not freaked out about yeah. the children moving around, you know, that yeah. they feel comfortable in the space. And let's, let's touch on it a little bit. Cause I know during our pre-recording chatting, you know, talking about, cause you guys are going to help me out with this concept. And, and you mentioned something, I forget what it was, but where you do kind of like, uh, you, where you really get the, try to match the design with the brand. I forget what you called it. We, it, was like, it was like an assessment that you do. We do. We do an assessment. So we do a, a process we call discover discovery. Okay. And it is, we ask our, um, let's just talk about the interior finishes, not this. We've already talked about flow and space and all yeah. that in another. Mm -hmm. So this is just the aesthetic environment that you're trying to create. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we talk to the talk to the chiropractor about what their ideal patient is. Yeah who they are. And as being in business, I know you speak to this, you've got to know who your ideal patient is. Yeah. And that's what you've got to mm -hmm. structure everything else to. So that should not be a hard question. Mm -hmm. What, who's your ideal patient? And, um, and I understand there'll be an ideal patient and there'll be peripherals of other mm -hmm. things. So let's talk about all of that. So how do we make everyone work in the space, but we really want to zone in on the ideal patient. We want to attract more and more of your ideal patients. Mm -hmm. And most people that come to us are trying to grow to another level, yep. whether they're expanding, going into another office space, um, or they're an associate and they're building their own space, whatever, wherever they are, they're looking to elevate, go to another level. Yep. So that who's your ideal patient? What are their expectations? What did they what are their demographics? What are their psychographics? All of those things about the patient. And then what we also have the most chiropractors do is create a vision board. That's it. So if you, um, Dr. Kevin, I'm going to ask you to create a vision board for your yep. space. Yep. 
And what I'm asking you to do is what do you, what photos of spaces do you feel emulate words that you're using on the expectations of your ideal patient? Mm -hmm. So if your ideal patient is expecting a comfortable environment, they want to be very comfortable in the space. What's your vision of what comfort represents? Does that make sense? Because to some people, it may be big sofas with you know, mm-hmm. leather and all of that. To some, it may be beanbag chairs everywhere. You mm-hmm. follow me. It's a, yeah. it's vision. Mm-hmm. So you're d- designing to your ideal patient, mm-hmm. but it is still your practice. Mm-hmm. So you have to like it. But very seldom does the patient and the chiropractor's expectations not match. You're yeah. attracting people that are like you, you mm-hmm. know, that like mm-hmm. the kind of things you like. Hey, Doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfields Chiropractic Office Design is here to elevate you wherever you're at, and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients, and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources. And you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image. And there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christy. So does that help? No, that's perfect. And that's what I'm looking forward to do, you know, because I, when I first did my space, it really didn't have have a ton of um, conceptual <laughs> ideas around the artwork that are on the walls. Um, I put some sports stuff like because I've been fortunate to work with a lot of pro athletes but I remember one of the things that I didn't want was my office to be just lathered with every picture of every athlete I worked with and all that like that's fine if people do that I just didn't want to exclude a lot of my regular people and so I've got a couple things here and there that are sports related of some of the stuff that I've done Um, and then we've done kind of just some of your chiropractic things and but it's just a hodgepodge at this point there. We have uh, probably two rooms that actually have a a good theme. Uh, And so we're going to start working on actually doing that, but we've went mostly with just regular benign artwork. Um, Regular benign artwork. Yeah. I have, I have a theory on artwork. I just want to speak and I even have a blog written on it, but especially when we first started working in the chiropractic realm 10, 12 mm -hmm. years ago, Cause like there seemed to be this expectation that you had to put chiropractic, I call it chiropractic propaganda. Yes. I don't have another word for it, yeah. but all the reasons you need chiropractic yeah. up front in your lobby, just everywhere. Yeah. And my philosophy is as a patient chiropractic mm-hmm. patient myself, I need to come in and feel comfortable and feel like I can trust these people. Not like they're trying to bombard me. I think there's a place for that, Mm -hmm. but it's not everywhere around you as soon as you walk in, because then you, unless you want to be Walmart, Mm because that's what Walmart does. 
yeah. right? And so my expectations are, okay, this is going to be a cheap, fast, quick mm -hmm. fix thing. It's exposed yeah. as, a as opposed to a relationship. Yeah. So it's relationship building. So think about your front office is more, a little bit more like your living room would be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're not even, it's comfortable. It's, it's encouraging and it's, you don't even have to know you're in a chiropractic office. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And a little bit, but just a little. And then as you walk down the corridor, it, I would say that's a great place for testimonials mm -hmm. for information where people can begin to hear what other people have thought. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into your exam rooms, that's when you can show all the different reasons why chiropractic can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. And so that's definitely something that, I know my wife and I, and, and you will work towards on getting a, a good idea of that. A good um, mix. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like having nice artwork and I think we'll kind of go that route, not as much of the propaganda. So, but we'll figure and, it out. But let me say this, the artwork, remember artwork is also part of your um, culture that you're trying to create too. Yep. So it should match and blend and things of that sort. You, I just want to go back real quick. What talking. Mm -hmm about students and startups and stuff yep. and the wow factors and all of those mm -hmm. type of things. Um, you know, I was telling you earlier, mm -hmm. paint is dramatic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can do some dramatic things with just pops of certain specific colors in certain spots, yep. very inexpensive, just have to know what you're doing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great one. And I wanted to touch on one more topic too, was, uh, you know, we talked about me uh, owning my space and I can make some longer term decisions uh, and even invest more than maybe someone that's in a lease situation where they're not sure if you know what they're going to do in three years or five years or, or whatever i know we kind of talked about certain things like built-ins versus non-built-ins on that scenario and stuff but right. what are some of the thought process differences for someone that's uh, I, I would say the vast majority of our audience is leasing their space and so what can they do to have a really nice office and realize that, you know, the investing in the really nice office that you don't own still has an ROI on your chiropractic practice, right? It does. Um, and so, and then someone like me, where I own this space, there sometimes has an ROI on the actual real estate as well. Uh, for instance, I'll just give you like, I don't, like my practice is not built out for say a orthopedic group to come in because not every room has sinks. Like, you know, some of these other types of healthcare providers, it's a completely different build out than a chiropractic office. Right. And, and so that like, that does harm my ROI a little bit. If I were to sell my office uh, real estate and it was a, you know, a hospital group or orthopedic group trying to, to get it because it's not built out like it would be versus if it was, but I'm not going to spend $75,000 to build it out like that, just because I might sell it in 20 years to an orthopedist, right? You're listening to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with Dr. Kevin Christie. Find more online at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for more free resources, online courses, and the Chiropractic Success Academy. Now back to the show with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. Yeah. Give me some thoughts on, on the person leasing their space and why it's still important to have a really nice office to invest in that. And then some of the things maybe they want to avoid or think about. Um, 
Well, some, one of the biggest things is you have to determine how long you think you're going to be in your space, which I know is like a crystal ball. Yeah. You don't exactly know, but are you, are you going in there with a three-year lease? Or are you going in there with a 10-year lease? Some of that is a perspective and understand that um, you want to get, so what I tell people, if, if they're going into a three-year lease, mm -hmm. you want to spend as little money as possible on the extravagant finishes. Yep. Okay. That's where I say use paint, use paint, mm -hmm. use some wall covering. There's some amazing wall, textured wall covering. Mm -hmm. But when I have, we have so many that, oh, they want stone. Yeah. And I'm like, stone is wonderful, but it's mm -hmm. expensive. Yeah. You know, it is expensive and it, it, it's going to stay there. It's not going to move with you. You know, yeah. you're not going to take it. So those type of, those type of ideas, how can you get the wow Mm -hmm. without the heavy expensive textures and the heavy expensive finishes yeah. the other thing is the built-ins you were talking about those earlier we love built-ins because you can get so much more uh, efficiency mm -hmm. when you've customized a built-in that goes up the wall and you're using all of that square footage yep. but it's expensive built-ins yep. are expensive so you buy furniture you know we we send our chiropractors to Ikea, go buy yeah. stuff at Ikea that, mm -hmm. you know, has some three-dimensional space to it and just be willing to throw it away yeah. when you move. So that's the kind of thought process. The other thing is a front desk. So the beautiful front desks that we design that are on our, our floor, our um, website, I can actually show you some that are startups that are built with a wall and a countertop. So you can do that and very inexpensively and you can yep. put wall covering on the front of it and a really cool looking countertop on it that's you know not your and you can make it look really good without mm. putting you know five or six hundred dollars a linear foot into a front desk yeah yeah that makes yeah no it makes a lot of sense the the built-ins are such a good uh, look functional but if you're only there for three years, that's a lot of money you're spending that you can't really take with you most likely. And in, even if you build them in so that mm -hmm. you can move them, yeah. are you go going to then be able to move them so that mm -hmm. they fit? Yeah. So we, we work with people that have front desks and mm -hmm. built-ins, et cetera, that they have spent a lot of money on yep. that we're trying to retro their new space to make that work. Yeah, And that's sad too, especially mm -hmm. when, you spent a lot of money on it and they yeah. started to date. That's the other thing you're dealing with. Yeah, Everything's going to date. Sorry. It is going to date. And you got to, <laughs> and you got to prepare for it. Right. And I, and that's what you know, I want to touch yeah. on that real quick. Cause for me, I always knew that my plan of every 10 years was I could take equity out of my real estate that I own so that I don't have to just spend money. You know, I'd rather keep the money instead of spending it. And, and I can luckily in this situation, I'm lowering my interest rate so much that by taking out the $50,000, my payment really doesn't change, which is great. So it's almost like free money uh, in a sense, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, it, and it's a good, it's a good amount of money for yeah. you to do what you're doing. Yeah. We have, I just want to say this, we have chiropractors that come to us and want to do everything you're talking about. And they only have like eight to $10,000 and it's not going to go very far. So yeah. just also wisdom. That's why I wanted to ask you is that, you know, I know 50 is a pretty good number for a um, makeover. Yes. $50,000 is not a lot of money when you're building out 3000 square feet. Like I remember in 2013, I spent $150,000 to build out 3000 square feet. And then another 
40,000 on furniture, fixtures, and equipment. So it was expensive, you know, but I knew I was never leaving the damn place. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I made the, uh, and it was all built into the loan. So that's right. something that I want people to understand is like, I'm, I'm building this into my refinanced mortgage. But if you're starting, if you're buying an office space or you're starting a business and you're able to get a loan, a lot of times they'll build that into it. And it's a very wise um, investment because again, it has an ROI to, to build that into a loan if you have to, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. People that are leasing that are dealing with tenant improvement allowance, mm -hmm. um, how far can the tenant improvement allowance? And unfortunately, I'm going to just say this, we're talking in... Um, March of 2022 right now. And yeah. it, it, construction costs are crazy oh, expensive. It is. So, it is. Yeah. Like, so just, you know, plan for it. <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah. I remember I was like 2016. I was like, you know what? I need to start thinking about 2020 as far as um, doing what I'm going to do. I delayed it because of all the craziness that happened in 2020 and, and all that. Uh, but my mind had had like $25,000 on it then. And then now it's at 50, just because I was like, this is yeah. just the reality we live in now versus then. So things are, are expensive, unfortunately. Uh, but again, depending on all the circumstances, it can be a very wise use of your money. Very, very wise. Very, so. very wise. So, um, yeah. All right, let's wrap up. Yeah, I know your okay. ideal uh, client would be someone that's doing what we talked about, but also building from scratch and needs people to uh, help them with flow and just the whole nuts and bolts of building out an office because uh, too many chiropractors do it themselves and they end up with a very patchy office and it kills their flow and, and, and their growth. So uh, what are your, some of your type of your ideal chiropractors that are looking for your services and how they can find you? Well, um, they can find us on chiropracticofficedesign.com and we do have a uh, special landing page for this podcast. I don't know if I can tell you the landing page at this moment. So oh, you'll that's all right. Notes. I'll put it in the intro. <laughs> um, I think I can't remember at this moment, but um, I do know that we love to work with all types of doctor, holistic doctors, chiropractors. We have services and support for the startups. We have lots of blogs, et cetera. We can get them started on the right floor plan and then let them take it from there. Our sweet spot, if you call it, is the chiropractor that's building out his second or third office. And he realizes that he's better served to go serve his public and keep his business going than it is to spend time on the five to 7,000 decisions that need to be made yeah. to open an office. So we become a partner and coach them yeah. and counsel them all the way through, uh, starting with how many square feet you need, which we recommend people do before they go look mm -hmm. for space. Yeah. And before they buy space, because um, there's um, day doesn't go by that people aren't trying to cram in 100 pounds into a five pound bag. So that's number one. And then we take them all the way through to the point where we're helping them with the contractors on site. And we're the ones the contractors call in instead of them. Yeah. yeah. And help them through the whole process. That's great. Cause I, I can attest it's a big, long, hairy process for sure. And so if you uh, start spending way too much time doing that, uh, I've seen it and I'm sure you've seen it where all of a sudden the practice starts to suffer. And so you're actually losing money. Uh, you, you're trying, you, you try to do it yourself because you want to save money, 
but then you end up losing money because you're doing all the other things and you can't focus on marketing and patient stuff and all that. And you actually spent all the time to do it. You lost just as much money as you would have actually just spent to have an expert do it and do it the right way. And, and what you just said, having, you don't know what you don't know yeah, yeah. and you don't necessarily know we do this every day. Yeah. So it'd be like me trying to adjust myself. You know what I'm saying? I wish I wish I had my original floor plan that I like drew myself. What I was like when I was looking at this space is like, and I did it. It's looking back on it, it's it's hilarious. It's so (laughs) sad. Like if I would have done it, because I was gonna do that. I was like, that's what I wanted to do, and then oh god, it was so bad. So luckily, luckily I uh, I didn't do that. Well, what's interesting is I'll just share this with you. What's interesting is that I, in my past life, I actually did tenant improvement space planning. Mm -hmm. So I was the designer that worked with the real estate agent and met with clients, et cetera. And I had a maybe two hours total Mm -hmm. to meet with the client and come up with space plans unless they went over 10,000 square feet. And then I got another hour. So what I was able to do is I was able to get their perspective very quickly, stick mm-hmm. it in there, give them one or two plans and we go. Yeah. So the approach that I wanted is let's really understand everything. Let's consult with them. When we have a space, 20,000 square, I mean, excuse me, 2000 square foot space, we can usually get eight to 10 different plans, totally different plans out of it oh, to wow. talk through and brainstorm through and look at it's much cheaper to do it on paper than it is to wish you had done it differently, right? <laughs> yes, no, exactly, exactly. So, well, I really appreciate your time today. I, I, I think this is a very important topic for a lot of chiropractors. And if you don't have the financing to do it, start tucking away money in a sinking fund to get some, some of this type of stuff done. It'll be a great use of your money. So thank you for your time, Carolyn. I know, I know I'm, yeah, and I'm looking forward to working on this project with you this summer. Yes, very much so. Thank you. That is it for this week's episode. But before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, there's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. If you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, we can do that as well. We have all kinds of resources for you there. And we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough and we'll see you next week.